You're listening to a very moody sports show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Brought to you by Moody and Sons Electric. For any electrical needs, call Moody and Sons at 864-478-4328. That's 864-478-4328. Welcome into a very moody sports show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington. 75. Three quarters of the way there. Nice monumental number, Daniel. Uh, Yeah, man. A 75, obviously. It's an ideal number. Like you said, three quarters. Nice. I like a quarter, man. I love the quarter numbers. Like, if you're going to break down hundreds by like tens fives whatnot i think the quarters is probably the best Mm -hmm. option dude a 75 yard rush for a touchdown beautiful 75 yard pass you're talking about stat patters right out of the gate bam when's the last time somebody scored 75 in nba it had to be kobe 71 i mean 81 right yeah probably that because no, no one scored more than devin booker's uh 70 in that loss like all those years ago <laughs> so uh i think no one scored 75 in the nba since kobe but uh besides that i mean 75 it's nice do you got any athletes for me i do actually zach have a solid athlete for you this one actually like when it, i saw it i was like dang i we, i should have known this just being like you know sports fan um but Got one that you probably know as well. Mean Joe Green, number seventy-five. Nice, uh, nice guy, seventy-five. Part, ferocious. Part of the Iron Curtain, the uh, defensive line that won the Pittsburghs. You know their championships in the seventies. Uh, the part of the iconic team, uh, and yeah, the Mean Joe Green. Obviously, I think if, if you're a sports fan, you probably know the name, which tells you already he was probably one of the bigger names on that Steel Curtain defense that was monumental in winning multiple championships for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. So, how much old football knowledge you got, Dan? Did Terry Bradshaw, was he a quarterback the whole time for the Steel Curtain? Uh, was the Steel Curtain a couple years? Is that like, I think I don't Steel know. Curtain might have been like the early stuff, and then Terry Bradshaw took over towards the later years of the 70s. But yeah, I think they were there at yeah. the same time. Maybe, but like, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly. I'm not sort of like you. It's slightly fuzzy. Obviously, not alive at that time. Not watching football at that time. Um, but R- rookie, yeah, I rookie. do. I do Am- believe. Amateur. I do believe the Steel Curtain Terry Bradshaw times did overlap a little bit. Terry Bradshaw, what a guy! Com- Stand-up comedian. But uh, Mean Joe Green, seventy-five. This is your episode. All right, Zach. So I think we have obviously uh, coming off All Star Weekend, we're getting back into the season pretty quick. They didn't get a long break with it, um, so we will talk a little All Star Weekend, and then obviously we are approaching the uh, fi- the uh, selection Sunday. We are going to be able to finally choose our brackets, um, so we're definitely going to be talking a little college basketball today. 
But I did want to start in the NFL, start in the gridiron, if you will. Uh, you and I wanted to talk about the uh, major signing news that came out this week. Uh, Zach, do you want to tell the specifics? Major signing news? Of the Cowboys and Dak Prescott finally oh, oh, reaching oh, their deal. Oh. I thought this was something surprising. You're talking about the contract I've been hearing about for the last how is this been going on for three years? Daniel? It's been three years. I mean, d- constant, d- constant coverage on ESPN. Like, dude, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Stephen A. Smith wearing a cowboy hat talking about the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. But yeah, about three years of uh, him getting franchise tag and them debating over if he is a franchise quarterback. Yeah, they used to spend a lot of time on Fox talking about this contract. It's pretty annoying. But uh, isn't it four years, $160 million, huge signing bonus? What is the largest ever, $66 million? Yeah, $66 I'm million. Just, I'm just I'm spitballing here. Zach, but, uh, question pretty, pretty, real quick. What, what do you do when like, you're just you know Dak Prescott and like you – Wake up one morning and direct deposit $66 million into your account. Well, I'm pretty sure you just open up a can of Campbell's soup and because uh, he's on those commercials. And then you probably, yeah, I mean, you, you probably got a guy. You got a guy that touches that money. I don't know. You go on a vacation, you buy a house, you buy a boat, another boat. He already was rich. So what? I, I'm pretty sure, man. Don't ask me. That's a big direct <laughs> deposit. <laughs> don't don't ask me, dude. Don't ask me. A lot of zeros. All right. So, but yes, yeah, sixty-six million. I think, man. As far as the deal itself, obviously, if you're in camp, Prescott. If you are Dak Prescott, you are thinking you won this deal. Absolutely, it's ideal in years. As far as you're going to get out of this, even if you live out the full deal with this four years you're getting out at age 31 you're going to be in what is probably still prime time career and you're going to be able to sign another massive contract but also the 66 million you get 160 and most likely uh, he is getting the uh most of the pay is going to be on the back half of the contract they actually structured it for the front half of the contract to be nice uh and the reason they actually did that zach is because Due to the pandemic, obviously, everybody in businesses are struggling at this time financially. Um, and so the NFL had to uh, work with the NFLPA and meet a new cap uh, agreement for 2021. And that was done earlier this week. They settled on $182.5 million cap. That is a little under $16 million less than last year. Uh, so, Zach, as far as uh, restructuring contracts, we're going to probably see a lot of restructuring of deals for big-time players. I think you're going to see a lot of big-time players that are older players, t- names you know, are going to be doing a lot of one-year rental contracts because there's going to be a restructuring of the cap in 2022 once they ha- hit the 17 games uh, schedule. So, uh, Zach, I do think we are going to be seeing a lot of movement in the league over the next weeks uh especially with us getting into free agency and everything yeah there's already a ton of movement the last couple days i mean 
a bunch of players hitting the market, some players getting re-signed. I saw the Chiefs uh, let go one of their star tackles they've had for eight seasons. Panthers let go uh, a couple linemen. There's a lot of moving and shaking. There's Saints really too much to report. release Emmanuel Wait. Sanders. Yeah, he's been bouncing around, but it's uh, – I don't know, man. There's still a lot to shake out, see who's going where. I mean, it's exciting, though, NFL. It's not that far away. And uh, did you see that Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon are both on the fan-controlled football league yes. team together? Yes. So I don't, know if we, I don't know if we talked about that or not, but uh, Johnny Football and – now Flash Gordon, not Flash Gordon, Josh Gordon, Flash. are on the set. <laughs> oh, savior of the universe! God. Okay. Anyways, yeah, back to it. All right, but uh, yeah, Josh Gordon. I thought Josh Gordon was doing the NFL. I, no, I don't know. Well, he was actually. We'll see he if he got suspended uh, indefinitely again, you know, from the league. Same issues as before. So that was uh, I do. I can't remember the last team he was with, but I do remember seeing that come across my headlines recently at some point in the past few months that he was released. Yeah, he was with the Seahawks last, but. Uh, Anyways, yeah, football, football, football. Well, and actually, funny story, as far as the Josh Gordon and uh, Johnny Manziel fan-controlled football league, uh, I actually follow on Instagram just by happenstance as somebody I've been following for a few years named Bob Minery, and he was started out as a guy that did a... sort of Instagram videos where he would do voiceovers on sports events and he would do like, you know, vulgar coverage of it or whatever. And, uh, you know, I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it and I've been following him. And he actually is an owner. He is the owner, one of the owners of the uh, team that Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon both play for. Wow. So very random. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, uh, with uh, the NFL cap being reached uh, agreement, you got a lot of teams that are going to be scrambling, scrambling at this point to get under the cap. A couple notable teams that are over that you're going to be seeing. I already mentioned the Saints release Emmanuel Sanders. They are going to be scrambling trying to get under. I think they're a good couple, uh, probably about 20000 maybe 30000 over the cap. Um, the Eagles and the Rams also are both in the top uh, three as far as uh, teams over the cap, which are the Eagles. That's a tough one as far as you got to rebuild. You have no team. You have literally no players already, and you got to get rid of players. Uh Teams that you should be watching for, though, notable teams under the cap, Zach. This one's going to surprise you. At the same time, it's going to infuriate everybody. Infuriate. The Pats. I don't under? know. Under? I don't know how. They're under the cap by a lot. Like, of I don't course know they how. are. They have no players. Well, the Dolphins. No players. Obviously, the Dolphins, a team that everybody over the past few years, they've been building up cap space. Uh, they are in a good spot. And then another surprising team, even after signing the cow, the big contract with Dak, I mentioned the Cowboys structured it ideally for themselves. They are in, coming way under the cap. They have a lot of space to sign people. So the Cowboys, I think, sitting with the Dak signing, I think the Cowboys are sitting prime time to take over that division and look like a dominant team potentially we'll see man you got that much money 
a quarterback, it's hard to build a team, dude. dude. It's they got a lot of space in that cap, though. I mean, they can pay. You can go buy. You can go get a couple more receivers. You already got a couple good receivers, and like the defense is good itself. Um, you got you got obviously you're gonna have uh, the running game. You just gotta hope the offensive line can come back together. But uh, I mean, I think I think that they're a good team. I just think last year they were a bad team because Andy Dalton was their quarterback. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, staying in the uh, state of Texas, you saw Mark Ingram is now a Houston Texan. Did I did not that? see that. That is Mark Ingram signs with the Houston Texans, where careers go to die. Man, they're gonna lose to Sean. That is gonna be the worst organization. They're gonna be so bad and so far from a Super Bowl next year. It's gonna be Deshaun- crazy. If Deshaun goes to the Panthers, instant Super Bowl contenders? Yes, no. I, I give that a people rank people rank Deshaun. I saw third best quarterback. Give me a, I'm going to be that. a 75 percent yes on the Super Bowl contender at that point. I'm not 100 really? percent convinced, but yeah, I'll be pretty convinced. Yeah, dude. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You got to play defense too. And Deshaun, I mean, the win loss record is not very good, and you got to stay healthy. Get a line. I just saw the Panthers lost the lineman. I think it's Trey Thomas or Trey Taylor or something like that. Whatever. Fact check me. Whatever. But uh, anyways, Deshaun. He's the Panthers. I'm on that. (laughs) But anything else NFL-wise, Dan? No, not really. I mean, obviously, like I said, we'll keep watching the news. There's going to be small – there's going to be people let go here and there that we don't know exactly. There are going to be second-string people and stuff like that. But – Keep your eyes on the major quarterback moves. They're going to be coming through eventually when this free agency opens up. Uh, Into the NBA. NBA, man. I'm so excited. All-Star weekend. It happened. Daniel, you didn't want it to. LeBron James didn't want it to. So who else do we need to agree here that it needed to not happen? I mean, I think that was the committee that should have shut it down. I don't know why y'all they still played it. I mean, we could, we agreed. Me and him agreed, so probably shouldn't have played. But anyways, they did. You were on the phone. You were on the phone with LeBron. <laughs> Me and LeBron on the phone together. But Adam Silver just would not pick up on that third line. I swear, if he had, y'all would not have got it, Zach. <laughs> did you tell LeBron that joke I said? He totally did laughed. Absolutely, thought it was hilarious. Awesome. I took credit for it though. That's the problem. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, so, Zach, All-Star Weekend, get uh, how about Steph Curry? He decided to participate in the three-point contest, and obviously he won the three-point contest. In dramatic fashion, though. Very dramatic. Him and Mike Conley. He had to make, he had to make the last money ball to win by one, and he did it, and the net didn't move. Uh, dunk contest. Based on everything I saw on social media, the dunk contest was absolutely boring because I saw nothing about it on social media. Yeah, it was short for sure. <sighs> Forgive me for not knowing how to say his first name. And is it Anfer? Is it Anferny? Just spelled crazy. It's like Anthony, but it's Anferny Simmons. His uh, his best dunk. He went up with his lips puckered, and he was about to kiss the rim and uh if he if he would have actually kissed the rim it would have been sick so so you're in the camp that says he should have kissed the rim that would have been a 50 bro 
Yeah. If he would have kissed the rim, I would have been like, okay, that's pretty nasty. If he kissed the but rim, he also would have probably broken a tooth or something. Like, is it really worth that? <laughs> No, because, dude... It's a dunk you, contest. You're, pro- you're proving the fact that you can get up so high that you can gently kiss the rim, dude. That would have been so fucking fire. Zach, oh, I'm pretty sorry. convinced that guy could kiss the rim. Like, I don't need him to actually kiss the rim to be proven that he could do it. He can do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes sense, too. I want to see it. Show me. All right. All-Star Game... Obviously, Team LeBron. I do believe it was Team LeBron that won. Um, oh, it was a dominant, the, dominant win. You, you mean LeBron, the best GM to be ever? Built a good team with that draft. Did you see that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell were both the last picks? Both on Utah Jazz, wow. the best team in the in in the league. Like. Hey, disrespectful man. so sometimes good basketball outshines superstars the jazz superstars aren't as huge as the other stars and you know rudy did kind of do the whole start the rona in the nba so <laughs> you kind of gotta hold that ag- out here <laughs> you gotta hold that against them still a little bit it's like rudy you're cool but hey man but you're a pandemic hey, so we, we remember what you did and uh, Donovan's cool too, but I mean, we're talking about the best of the best here. Who are you picking first, Steph Curry or you know Donovan Mitchell? I mean, I'm not even trying to hate on Donovan Mitchell. This is not me hating. I, I don't like his I, how much I hate, but I'm saying you pick Steph Curry, bro. It's just it's it's pickup basketball. It just happened. Well, they got they both got sort of a... you you got two all stars. Be happy about that. I mean, huh? they I, they probably fell a little shade when they were both the last picks. But that being said, you're right. They both were all-stars, and they should be happy with that. Uh, overall, Zach, Bro, lo- though. Last pick is that motivation. It's that, it's that oh, you're going to pick me last? I'm going to get buckets. I'm going to show you. You're going to pick me last next time. That's, that's what we're talking about. Well, Zach, <laughs> and overall, the, the all-star game itself, from the highlights that I saw – all it really was about was just people walking over the half-court line or not even doing that and yakking up three-pointers and them being deadly accurate. Well, it's not people. It's two people. It's Steph Curry, the best shooter ever, and Damian Lillard, the only other guy who can do it anywhere comparably to Steph, except Damian Lillard will do it at the end of the game <laughs> on the last possession. In but, your uh, face. Dude, dude, Steph Curry, he was the first guy to ever do this. Damian Lillard said, all right, I got you. And he's he's a great he's a great next best. I don't want to call him second because he's crazy good. Dame time is, is, is a real thing. But it's only those two guys that are doing what you're talking about. So, Literally – Foot on the line, pull-up jumper, half-court. They make the court look small. So am I outlandish to be the person that says, I think that Damian Lillard is better at doing the deep three than I think as far as accuracy and consistency, Steph Curry is better shooter. But if you're talking about the guy that's making the deeper and looking more effortless as far as deeper three, bro, Dame will step one foot 
over that half-court line, and that is a form shot he is taking. Paul George even said after the All-Star game that he was wrong to criticize Dame for pulling the deep three that he did that sent home the Oklahoma City Thunder a couple years ago in the playoff. When he was critiquing, he said after that game happened, he was like, that's a bad shot, I don't care who you are. He absolutely walked that back, said it was a great shot. And Dame makes Dame it look great. He walks, he walks by waving, just, just clapping his hand. What a boss move. What a boss move, dude. Dame is cool. I was talking today, uh, I was talking about Charlotte Hornets, they're letting fans back into the stands. And, uh, try to get tickets they're really expensive and they're probably only letting in lower deck and then Dario was like we should go see him play the Blazers because he's a huge uh, Carmelo Anthony fan and then literally I was like I saw the Blazers play the Hornets a long time ago it was before Damian Lillard was Dame Dalla he was Damian Lillard <laughs> and they still had LaMarcus Aldridge but uh, they beat the Hornets then and then look at today Dame Dalla is pulling up half-court shots, and LaMarcus Aldridge got released from the Spurs. Dame Dalla, face of 2K. Wop, wop, wop. Dude, Damian Lillard's awesome. All right, Zach. He's a great Hall of Famer. One more thing. We got it real quick. Just want to hit it quick before we get out of the NBA segment. Um, As far as the NBA, I was listening to a uh, podcast recently. They were talking on the podcast about an article that uh, the person being interviewed had released recently. I do not recall his name. Um, But they basically were talking about the idea that basketball in both college, uh, you can see it in college, but they were talking in NBA specifically, that uh, there's an overabundance of threes. And that idea that, like, there's too many threes that it's making the idea like the three less valuable. No longer is a three really worth three points because in reality everybody's throwing up so many every game that the turnover, the 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 return on investment is not really there. Cuz like you should and like you're giving up so many and like people walk down and don't even like give it a chance to develop a play. They just pull up a three within two seconds of having an offensive possession. So what are you asking me? Are you asking me, do is you, the three-pointer bad for basketball? Do you think the three-pointer is bad for basketball? Do you think the three-pointer sub? Do you think they're going to – because obviously this is something that was that's happened just with the change of how they – they changed the NBA rules with the uh, development of no hand-checking. You developed less guard defense, which allowed guards to get into the hole more and easier, so they now have the ability to dish the ball out more. There's more spacing on the floor. Um, so I don't know. Are you? Do you think that they maybe even start changing the rules back to favor more of a defensive-style basketball, less of an open I offensive think- style? You want to see the game change radically and you don't – it'll self-regulate itself. You take the three-point line and swing it to the out-of-bounds just like the international the where you have the corner threes on each side of the court. That line would go away. The three-point arc would just continue out of bounds, and it would be a two-point shot in the corner on both sides of the court. Because so that's the cheap three. All, it's the closest shot on the court that's a three-pointer. It's I wouldn't say it's cheap. It still takes skill. There's no backboard perceptions off. But 
It's just my thoughts are how much is it going to change basketball because a lot of stuff is built around corner threes and like it's going to it's going to bring back the two point shot because there's only a limited space for the three point line you can cover it more. You put four guys up top, you're pretty much going to cover every three point shot. True. So you don't you can't take contested. So now the two point shot is now available everywhere. Big men will probably be more of a thing, but that's such a radical change. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I think that also helps the defense as far as the spacing issue. Where, like, if you're on defense and you got, you're playing a team that wants to space out. You got five people on the three-point line, and you're supposed to be playing the rotating defense to where you're supposed to rotate down if you need to help defense in the post. Man, you got a lot of space to cover, and so, but just because everybody's playing deep three game and stuff, so you have to be even farther out than just the three-point line. And so, like, if you don't, like you said, don't have a corner three, you have a lot more big men who are just don't. There's no reason to stand in the corner of the the three the corner of the court now because you either stand there or you know five feet in, you're gonna get the same amount of points. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy stuff. I don't see that coming for a long time because really the scoring hasn't gone up that much because your your initial point. There, there's a lot of bricks, dude. It's just the game can, there's it can be such a swing. You can literally score twenty points in a matter of like a minute. Well, the ultimate example man. is just the idea of like you got Blake Griffin out here pulling like five, six threes every game, and then like man, when Blake Griffin's pulling threes, then we are at a weird point in basketball that like I don't know why we have got, Lamarcus Aldridge, I got another Blake one Griffin for you. playing out there. Another one for you. You remember a couple of years ago? He might have been on the Hawks when he said this. Dwight Howard, I need to start working on my three-point game. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Put your cape on and dunk. He was right, though. He probably should be working on it right now, too. I hope he's still oh working on gosh. it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right, get me out of this NBA talk. All right, Zach, into the bracket, into the March Madness. Obviously, with us having Selection Sunday this Sunday, we're going to be choosing our brackets next week, which I do, Zach, want to address with you real quick. I think we probably need to do that recording on Tuesday next week, and as far as the play-in games, which will occur on Wednesday, uh, we'll just choose both the the play-in. We'll choose as if either team wins uh, out of the play-in game. We'll have two choices just in case. We're basically like an NFL team on a short week. Yeah, exactly. We got. We got. We're playing on Thursday. We're playing on Thursday. We don't game. even. We we don't get the long break. We Georgia. We got the short slaw, and we're going Thursday straight into the Tuesday of the earliest game of next week. So it's unheard of stuff. Here. I mean, we're gonna be tired. Know. We're gonna get it dished out though for you. We promise. Um, full bracket. We're gonna make our choices on here. We'll live and die by these brackets. Um, hope to God they don't get busted. But a couple notes, obviously. So with us, I will say, with us doing that, I think we go light as far as the the NCAA coverage this week. Um, but I do want to note with you, Zach, Duke and mm-hmm. Kentucky, both out of the tournament for sure. Kentucky eliminated from SEC tournament today. And then Duke with a positive virus is elim- is uh, going home. They will not be participating in the ACC tournament anymore. And FS- uh, FSU gets the automatic move into the semifinal. So 
Uh, Zach, the Tigers, I do believe they lost first round of the ACC. But that being said, still going to be in the tournaments. They're still bound to the tournament at this point. Yeah, tough L to Miami. Tough L. We just beat them in the regular season, too. Uh, my but, dogs uh, just suffered their season-ending loss to the Missouri Wildcat, uh, Missouri Tigers. Excuse me. Um, unfortunate, tough, but we'll you know, young team will be back next year. South Carolina currently playing Ole Miss tonight. Hopefully, they can knock off Ole Miss. Uh, you know, shout out Paul and the South Carolina fans. Um, see if what happens for them, but uh, Frank, uh, yeah, Frank, Frank Martin. Hey, man, I'd like to see Frank Martin back in the in the tournament. Uh, you know, get that automatic bid from one in the SEC. That's the beauty. I think that's probably my favorite part of college basketball. Really, is the fact that the the conference tourneys get those automatic bids, and so like me as a dogs fan tonight had so much hope that if we won, maybe we can make a crazy run. You know, I just love the idea of being able to make crazy runs and get rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Frank, in the tournament, make it happen. Come on, Cox. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, a couple of the teams that have already got their automatic bids landed, obviously with some of the small conferences as they play early for it. Uh, in the Atlantic Sun Conference, you get Liberty. Uh, not only good in football this year, coming out there in basketball. Uh, Zach, you know this school. So, hot take, hot take, hot take, hot take. Do, do these little schools have an unfair advantage on getting in the tournament, or am I crazy? So, like, they do. How does, how does Liberty get in and Clemson, like, struggles to get in for 20 years? So, you know? so like, they do, but it's eh. just the idea that there's an automatic bid. So, like, Liberty probably wasn't going to – like, they and Liberty easily could have made it in if they had a good season, but the idea of it is is, like – you either can make it in just based on regular season play, which is what like you see a lot of these teams do. Like this is sort of what happens with Missouri and teams like this that uh, they get a couple good wins throughout the regular season, and then that gives you the room to lose games. So like you will see teams that have a lot of losses still making tournament play, to, uh, being tournament bound, but it's because they've beat teams like Alabama, they've beat teams like Michigan, you've beat teams like Illinois. These teams that are what are considered quad one wins, the best top tier teams. If you win best top tier games, you are allowed room to lose. Unlike college football, where no matter what game you lose, it is a big deal you lost that game. You know. Totally, um, totally. Well said. So, uh, Big South Winthrop coming into the com- into the tournament. Shout out Corey. We have a new new guy. The bird. The bird. Oh no, no, that's not no, that's no, that's not Winthrop. But that's Wofford. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Rock Hill. Big shout out, Rock Hill. <laughs> the Colonial Athletic Conference. You get Drexel. I just like that name. What a great name for a college. Drexel. Big Drex. Horizon League. You get Cleveland State. Uh, Missouri Valley producing another familiar name. Loyola of Chicago. You should remember them from their tournament run to the Final Four with uh, Sister. Oh, what was it? Sister Jean, a couple years Sister ago. Mary, Sister Mary Francis. <laughs> I don't think it was Sister Mary Francis. <laughs> uh, so sister the, Act, anybody? <laughs> anybody? I had not, not a Sister Act person myself. 
You didn't like it with Whoopi? I didn't watch it. Sister Act, that's a glass. You got some homework. Okay, got homework. We'll check back in next week on listeners, Sister Act. Listeners, Sister Act and then underrated Sister Act 2. Sister Act 2. Is it really underrated or is it just another sequel? No, no. Sister Act 1 is much better, I promise. Okay. Sister Act 1. Watch Sister Act 1 and get out of there. All right, that's fair. Uh, okay. I had a lot of lo- <laughs> go on. <laughs> okay, a couple more Morehead State. You get UNC Greensboro, Apple Appalachian State coming out of the Sun Belt. Zach, how about that? Oh, and then obviously you have the undefeated Gonzaga uh, Bulldogs. So, Zach, I have a question for you. Yes. Before we get into the last part of the podcast, which I'm very excited for, are you going to be taking the Gonzaga Bulldogs undefeated, or are you going with the field? The field. Give me the field. The field. Big field guy. Okay. I, I it's like a bit, it. It's a bit. It's a big field. Sixty-three other teams. Yeah, that's true. Am I right? Yeah. Six, 63 other teams, and it's hard because now – I used to say this all the time, Clemson football. They're gunning for you. Please stop telling me how many games in a row we've won. Please. <laughs> I would rather go in with a loss so I don't hear, we've won 36 games in a row at home. We've won 47 in a row. We've <laughs> won 12 this season. I'm like, no. We're a good football team, and we're, we better not get whooped. We better we be focused. <laughs> yeah. Or twenty-seven and zero means nothing if you lose right now. So, take give me the field. All right, I like it. Uh, obviously, I think the field is the easy take to go with. But I do think these Gonzaga, this Gonzaga team, is a one to actually watch. Not they've never won a championship, but if there was a Gonzaga team to win the championship, this is the one. Especially with their freshman player Jalen Suggs, that man is a walking bucket. Splash. Splash. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, I think, Zach, so we were talking about it. We did, I think before we get into next week, before we get into choosing our bracket for the uh, bracketology for the tournament, uh, we needed a little practice, right? Am I wrong? I mean... I could always practice my brackets. Anybody needs to practice your brackets. I don't think anybody's ever prepared enough to be doing brackets. So, Zach, we decided we're going to get too many brackets in this week. We are going to decide one winner, then we will introduce a secondary bracket, which we will decide at the end of the pod next week. All right, all right, so... Who's gonna preface the bracket? Are you? How how did we even come up with this idea, Daniel? I mean, I mean, like it was really just pre-show pod prep talk, and like I've been listening to some podcasts. Obviously, we listen to podcasts uh, all the time. We're um, podcast we're guys, junkies. I I listen all day, every day, pretty much. But anyways, uh, yeah, and like I just heard on a pod podcast life. recently where they were talking about movies and films. They started talking about some like they started talking about great film movie franchises, got into superhero talk, and then they started talking about Batman and uh, I started thinking about it and the fact that like I had seen pretty much 
most every Batman that has come out in at least recent years, definitely going back to like Michael Keaton starting at that point, and I've obviously seen back in earlier times with like the Adam West Batmans, a few of those stuff like that. So I was just thinking at one point, who is the best Batman? Which one was the best rendition of Batman? And so was birth here the batman the bracket. batman bracket which zach i think so your we, batman bracket you drew up is probably the best because it actually has the batman logo on it fantastic well i'm a doodler like i doodle on paper there's actually doodles on the bracket i apologize in addition to the uh batman logo but i used to batman logo is one of those things i used to throw down on the doodle so a lot of practice Batman logo. So now we have a Batman logo. We have an East and a West. Eight teams, aka eight Batmans. Eight actors. So we've uh, uh, we've ranked them according. They're seated according to their performance. So we'll just give a quick rundown. Dan, you take the East. I'll take the West. We'll go East first. Okay. So in the East, uh, coming in at the one seed. Uh, we have the most recent Batman, not the most recent, but probably one of the more iconic recent Batmans, Christian Bale, uh, famous for the Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises movies. Uh, at the four seed going up against Christian Bale, Robert Lowry. Uh, Robert Lowry was Batman in 1946, so a little bit before our time, but we definitely have to give the homage to what we would consider one of the original screen Batmans. Uh, yes, in, we picked all live-action Batman. Yes, live-action Batman. Uh, Obviously, we will have some uh, some uh, honorable, honorable mentions. mentions, and those are going to be some of the people who did the uh, animated voice-acted Batman's extras and stuff like that. But... Number two of the East, Michael Keaton, one of what I would say originally introduced me to Batman on screen. Obviously, you can see him in the original Batman. And then, uh, Zach, give me, if it, if you could correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's Batman Forever. Batman Forever? I don't think so. Because he's Batman Returns, wasn't he? Was it Batman Returns that was with the Penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, so Cat, then Batman Cat Returns. Woman. Um, Batman Returns. Those, you get confused. Those are easily confused. I feel like I get those always confused. But yes, the uh, ba- Batman Returns, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Very underrated cast there. I thought Frank. Was Frank. Uh, great. Frank. Star. And then the <laughs> second time we get to yell Frank. Number three uh, <laughs> seed in the East, batching up Michael Keaton, George Clooney. Uh, famous for Batman and Robin. Christian Bale versus Robert Lowry, Mike Keaton versus George Clooney. Right? Yes. All right. So, in the West, known for TV Batman, Adam West. Also known TV's Catman. Anybody? 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 <laughs> Fairly Odd Parents, classic. Love it. <laughs> All right. So, Mayor Adam of West. Coog. <laughs> That's true. He has many jobs. <laughs> Forgot about that. Adam West going against four seed Batman to be. We haven't seen it yet. So Dan kind of got on to me about this. Robert Pattinson is the next Batman. It's been announced. He's ex-vampire, ex-wizard, now Batman, (laughs) superhero. 
we haven't seen it yet, but I argued no one's seen this Robert Lowry guy in the East in the four seed. It was so long ago. So basically same thing, four seeds. And we needed to fill out the bracket. Comparable fours. Comparable fours. So Pattinson versus Adam West, and then we got two seed Val Kimmer, Kilmer, Batman Forever. That was the one with Two-Face, Harvey Lee Jones, and Jim Carrey's Riddler. Classics. So Edward, Edward Nygma. Edward Nygma. Awesome. <laughs> Iconic roles here. Three seed, Big Ben, Affleck, <laughs> not, Batman not versus Ross Superman. <laughs> Futuristic Batman, Ben, Big Ben, back tattoo and all, the Phoenix. Have you seen that? Oh, my God. Ben I have. That's back thing's tattoo? ridiculous. That is, it's like, as a grown man to have that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> what year did you decide that was a good idea? Like, what year? Was it 2009 or something? Like, I don't know when they got that. Midlife but, uh, crisis. <laughs> two versus three, one versus four. So uh, we'll go with the first round. First round. So we got Christian Bale, Robert Lowry. Come on, guys. Where is she? Where is she? I mean, Christian I think Bale that's won. obviously Christian Bale captured the dark spot, the dark eye side of right. Batman. So obvious. And as you said earlier, not all of us know the Robert Lowry times of Batman. All right. So I just broke out the marker. I, I held the marker close to the mic, so you heard a marker sound. Okay. But uh, the uncapping. Sea Bale. Sea Bale has moved on to the second round. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so we'll go over to the West top. So Adam West versus Robert Pattinson. Come on, guys. Another obvious he's a vampire. one. Yeah, he's a vampire. He's a, he, he he's a vampire. He's not Batman. He hasn't he's even more, shown himself as Batman yet. Like, let's be honest. He's a he's a wizard vampire. He's closer to a bad guy than he is the Batman. And so we're going Adam West. Adam West also. When he was doing Batman, he didn't get to do Batman with high quality like graphics and stuff. That man was just being Batman with like flashcards of the word "pal" and stuff. So like, bang, Adam West he did have a mean. They always were scaling buildings with a rope, though. Rappel guns worked. One of the, the greatest 60s. sequences <laughs> I remember is them hanging over the ocean from a helicopter, and it being the most obvious thing: it was not real. Fantastic. Dude. Exhilarating content. Okay. So we got some more. Here comes the close ones. We got two versus three seeds coming. All right, Dan. In the East, Michael Keaton and George Clooney. This one's really tough Plus, for me. All right. So there's an obvious answer that is Michael Keaton. It's so because obvious. there's a lot of hate for George Clooney's role in Batman vs. Robin. But this is where I put my foot down. If you want to hear me adamant about anything, it is that that Batman vs. Robin movie is not bad. You have star power across the board. You have George Clooney, potentially the number one A-lister in Hollywood for some reason when he's not that good of an actor. Two... Arnold Schwarzenegger is Mr. Freeze as your main bad guy. Three, Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy. Four, Crazy Mutant Bane. You got Robin, gymnastics, family drama, motorcycles, romance. What a movie. But then Michael Keaton, it, people argue, is one of the best Batman ever. So, I mean, I feel like I have to vote for Michael Keaton, but my heart says George Clooney, Dan. All right, Zach. I personally, I'm hearing you on the Batman and Robin movie. I do agree that I think people dislike it a little too much. That being said, I understand where they come from as far as like saying it's not a good movie because go back and watch it and listen to just Mr. Freeze's 
entire dialogue over the entire hour and foot 20 minutes of the movie non-stop winter cold ice puns constant every single line it's ridiculous but that being said we're not talking about the movie as a whole we're talking about george clooney's performance as batman and if you're wanting to talk to me about a man who is million-dollar playboy out here fighting crime late at night as a superhero, I think George Clooney's very believable in that role, personally. Like, you told me George Clooney's doing that in real life? I think I, I totally believe it. Like, I totally believe but, it. So that's why I say pe- I think we can move George Clooney on to the next round, Zach. Oh, my God. People... I literally wrote down. I really literally wrote down uh, Michael Keaton, but I'm I'm scribbling over it with George Clooney right now. I'm just saying because George Michael Keaton gets a lot of credit for his time in Batman movie in the in the original Batman movie. That movie was made by Jack Nicholson playing the Joker. Like that movie is purely made by that that performance, not Michael. And here's. Michael Keaton had uh, Danny Vito and Catwoman directed by Tim Burton. So I'm going to give Tim Burton the credit as a great director for the movie, boosting Michael Keaton up, you know, like, and people just love Michael Keaton. He's ex Beatles use. He's beloved. He's in everything essentially, but George Clooney, few and far between. This is one of those roles for me where I was introduced to George. So he's in the, he's moving on. I think George fits the role of Batman very well. It's okay. So let's go to the West. Ben Affleck, Val Kilmer. This one Batman a little Superman. easier. I feel. I'm just gonna write Big Val right here. Yeah. Big Val. You may have two movies coming with Ben Affleck. Nowhere near. You're getting carried by Superman. They're not standalone movies. You got Henry Cavill over there as Man of Steel, star shutting show, making you look like an old man. So Val, moving on. What do you think, Dan? I think that's pretty easy. Also. I do think Val Kilmer did well as Batman. I felt like he wasn't too corny at the same time. He wasn't too dark. I felt like he fit the role well. Um, And, as you said, Ben Affleck definitely more carried on his role as Batman during uh, Dawn of the the Night or whatever it was his movie was. I haven't even watched those DC movies because, honestly... They just didn't interest me enough. They, they didn't catch my attention enough, I felt. So, so Val is a sure and win. I've realized we had our first upset. It was the under... The, we may have a Cinderella story with George Clooney, but we'll find out next round. All right, so now we have Christian Bale, George Clooney in the East. West, we have Adam West, appropriately, and Val, big Val. I think we so, go with the West first. Go to the West first. So we got Big Val versus Adam West. So we have TV's Adam West, TV's Batman versus big screen Batman. Val Kilmer. Dan, talk to me. This one's really tough because I do want to... I think Adam West probably has the bigger authority as the Batman. But like, like you said, Val Kilmer having the more recent movie, having... I think one of the more 
impressive overall films as far as Batman because the one the when you have Tommy Lee Jones playing Two Face, I thought that was excellent. Edward Nigma, uh, Jim Carrey playing Edward Nigma, Edward Nigma, aka the Riddler, fantastic, fantastic casting. So overall, that movie is really good, but I still feel I felt like Val Kilmer fit the role really well, but I still think we have to just give it to Adam West, man. Like I just, how do we not give it to Adam West? Dude, I love Adam West too. He laid the path for people to understand, like Batman. If we're gonna eliminate Keaton, we're eliminating Val. Val's gone. Adam West moving on. It's hard right, to get so rid guess, of a one seed. Christian Bale versus George Clooney, man. I I know George made it strong against Michael Keaton, but. You're denying the truth if Christian Bale doesn't move on. So that's my thing is you. So I I'm gonna I have to stick with my guns as far as fitting the role of Batman. And oh we're gonna my talk gosh. about George Clooney fitting the role of a of a playboy that wants to go around and be a superstar, you know, hero at night fighting crime. Dude, Christian Bale lives the life already. He he talked about spel- He used the word spelunking in a cave to cover up him making a bat cave. I mean, he's already built for it. He knows exactly what to do. And, honest to God, man, the the ability to do it over three movies straight, impressive all the way through them, and fantastic. I'm writing a big three times up here beside Christian Bale. Three-timer. I'm sorry, George. Yeah. George... You made a good stay. I've we we both stuck up for you, really. I t- I Dan tried had a to great fight. take saying you're the playboy. See Bale in the final. All right, everybody. This is what we've been waiting for. The Batman bracket final on Very Moody Sports Show. Most anticipating moment of the year that you didn't know about. Christian Bale versus Adam West. Big time. TV Adams West. TV's Catman. Christian Bale. Crazy. Three-time movie actor versus the long-standing TV actor, Dan. Your name's on the show. You're you're calling the shots here, dude. I got to make that final call. Oh, boy, that's tough. So, number one, number one seed. I like uh, this is what you want when you got a bracket matchup, obviously. We love Cinderella stories, but this is what we all wanted. Give me... Uh, see... I was really thinking I was going to go Adam West here, man. I've been thinking about this all day because we were going to record this last night and we didn't, so I've been anticipating this, and I felt like I was going to go Adam West. But now that I'm seeing it on the paper, seeing the bracket here in my eyes, it really does have to be Christian Bale because I have to stick with my guns on fitting the role. And I know Adam West fits his role as the Batman he played, but... Batman evolved. But Batman evolved, and if if we're talking as far as Batman, that that was like what what Batman was envisioned as in his comic days. Batman was never a light character, and Adam West Batman was always more of a comical style. You know, it was limited by the times, but at the same time, there was somewhat of a comedic value to it. Uh, Whereas Christian Bale. That was dark Batman all the way through, really. Um, and you got the origin story in Batman Begins. You get the close-up story in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. They set up the potential idea of a Nightwing, which, Zach, I know you're a big Nightwing fan from Batman Beyond. Yeah, our honorable... Well, 
will play the trumpets. Christian Bale, you knew he was going to win. So congrats. You're, you're the Batman of all Batmans. Honorable mentions, though, we can't. They can't go unmentioned. That's why they're honorable mentions, right, Dan? They must be you mentioned. alluded to. Batman Beyond was a fire Batman. Go back and watch it. It's great. Done by Will Friddle, found out. Other notable honorable mentions, Will Arnett, Lego Batman. If you've never seen People Lego Movie. That he was in the top eight. I mean, he's really good, man. I Lego Movie, Lego Batman Movie, fantastic movies, and like he is hilarious in those uh just like and and it was I like when I'm talk I keep talking about fitting the role he sort of fit the role of being a uh, voicing a, a guy that is a uh playboy uh superhero style guy it was funny exactly and then David Mazus Gotham other notable mention I have no idea never made it through yeah. the first season of Gotham yeah Fox show came on for a while was, the idea was more like uh, you know Batman was in his youthful times it was the idea of the come up of how all the crime the, the, the penguin all the bad guys got started up and then towards later seasons Batman got introduced into the show yeah exactly so I mean, and maybe one day. Maybe a Joker bracket one day. Joker bracket would be There's... intriguing. Obviously, we got a lot of good Jokers. We could do a full, uh, just like, you know, we could do a villain bracket in general because I think there's a lot of really quality villains throughout all of superheroes. Uh, you know, talking as far as, like, Sandman from Spider-Man's one that comes to mind. I always loved Sandman. What a cool super uh, super villain. I mean, the Green Goblin, man. Green you goblin. got a Green Goblin on a hoverboard with exploding pumpkins. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Spider-Man alone, great villains. Shockwave? Shockwave, Come really. Shock- Spider-Man maybe had Rhino? some of the best of them all. He had some crazy cool L- ones. Doc Croc or whatever? Doc Ock? Both of them? <laughs> the, uh, the octopus and the, cro- and the crocodile guy? <laughs> oh, I'm, trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think. Like Lex Luthor's lame. Uh, who else is lame from Superman? Everyone, and then uh, <laughs> Batman's cosmic. Like, like, uh, dude, Batman, Scarecrow. That was super scary. I used to be afraid of Batman Begins, and then uh, Ra's al Ghul. Are you Ra's, kidding me? That's like the coolest. That's like the coolest villain ever. And then the Joker. What? What? Such a discussion for another pod. But also next pod, Daniel. Next pod. Next game pod. Show bracket. I was about to say next pod. We're going to be bringing you the game show bracket again. We got another eight eight seated uh, bracket. Uh, we are excited for that one. Obviously, we're going to be doing some of the big time names that you see out there. Zach, do you want to introduce the names now? We just save it all for next week. Uh, we could probably save it for next week. We've we've held everybody on here for a while. Oh my god, fifty five minutes. 55. All right, guys. So, yeah, I say we'll get out of here. We'll hit y'all with that bracket next week. We'll hit you with the bracket picks next week. That'll probably drop on, like, Wednesday-ish. But we appreciate y'all listening. Follow us on social media at Moody Sports Page. And y'all have a great week. Thank you for listening to A Very Moody Sports Show with Daniel Moody and Zach Whittington. Stay tuned next week for more hot takes and good predictions. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow on Apple iTunes and Spotify, A Very Moody Sports Show. And also on social media, Moody Sports Page. 
That's M-O-O-D-Y, sports page, all one word, on social media. And check out our website, moodysportspage.com. See you next week, guys.